Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we study a familiar passage found in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 13 through 17, about putting on the full armor of God. This passage includes instructions to, number one, wrap yourself in the truth. Number two, guard yourself with righteousness. Number three, prepare yourself with the gospel of peace. Number four, shield yourself with faith. Number five, assure yourself of salvation. And number six, sharpen yourself with God's word. Please listen to Pastor Jim as he presents today's slice of this week's message entitled, Take Up the Full Armor of God. But this last implement of your equipment is, you might say, your only offensive weapon. Now, it's also defensive against other attacks. I mean, if somebody's wielding a knife at me or a sword at me, I'm going to keep my distance. But this one can also penetrate. Look at the end of verse 17. And the sword of the Spirit which is the Word of God. Now, there's a couple of really cool insights in that phrase. The word that's translated sword, it's the Greek word makaira, it describes a small, light, very sharp, double-edged tool for hand-to-hand combat. Uh, There's a, a vivid word picture that you can understand when you see the contrast between that and the other New Testament word for sword. That one is ramphaya. It just sounds bigger and badder, and it is. A ramphaya was a heavy sword uh, about three feet long, um, built with a grip so you could hold it with two hands, and you could swing it back and forth. You could even pinwheel it and um, deliver crushing blows that would create split personalities. That's the big sword. This is the little sword, more like a dagger, used to strike with precision from very close range. And by the way, this is the word that's also used in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, to describe God's word as living and active and sharper than any two-edged makaira and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit. The idea is that it lays open your soul. It reveals what is in your spirit. It's able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So it's an incisive, sharp, penetrating thing. The other sword, that romphaya, is the word that's used to describe the sword of the Word of God that is wielded in judgment by Jesus Christ at His second coming. Read about it in Revelation 19.15. That's the sword that just swipes through and levels the enemies. That's one nuance. This is the penetrating, precise, sharp, two-edged sword. The other nuance is the word, word. There's a careful distinction between two New Testament words that are translated words. It's hard to find the words to say to explain the word, word, as it's worded in your Bible. This one is 
rhema. It means a specific utterance or a specific thing said. The other word is the word logos. All of our words that end in ology is the word about something, the big idea about this subject. In the beginning was the word, the logos, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Christ is the logos of God, if you will. But here we're told that this weapon of our warfare and our battle with the enemy is the ability to use the Bible specifically, applying specific things that God has said to specific circumstances. The sword of the Spirit is not just uh, grabbing your, your Bible and waving it around as a symbol of what you believe. It's taking the things from it and applying specifics wisely, incisively to combat the things of the world around you. In this sense, it's like answering a question. It's like responding to a deceptive proclamation. It might be applying wisdom to a specific situation. It might be refuting a subtle lie with the truth. You're going to be successful in this spiritual battle to the extent that you're willing to apply God's Word specifically and carefully in your life and to the things that come upon you. It's not just something to be sentimental about. It's not just to sign a doctrinal statement. I agree with those things. It's to know the Word and be able to apply it specifically. It means that you can carefully, incisively, if you will, personalize the application of God's Word in a hostile world. Now, I'm not smart enough to have timed this, and I didn't, but if the information that I have from my intelligence sources is correct, in Bruce Smith's Sunday school class, you are studying Psalm 119, the longest chapter of the Bible. It's 176 verses long, and that's not an accident. It's because there are 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet, and Psalm 119 is an acrostic on the Hebrew alphabet. There are eight lines in each stanza, and all eight of them, the first eight, all begin with the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet. The next eight begin with the second letter of the Hebrew alphabet, etc. So eight times 22 is 176 verses. The entire psalm is one continuous prayer, and the theme of every part of the stanza is the Word of God. The sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. I want to read to you the second stanza of Psalm 119. Remember, this is the sword of the Spirit. This may encourage you. Psalm 119, obviously you can't say, we can't make it all begin with the same letter in the English alphabet. This is the bait section. Bait is spelled like the woman's name, Beth. Okay? As we said when we almost named a daughter that, B-E-F-F. We thought about naming a daughter Beth, and then we couldn't do it after we thought of that matter of silliness, and God didn't give us a daughter. And that's all irrelevant, okay? That's just, you know, when there's that many mice running around in the attic, sometimes things fall out. Seriously, <laughs> the Word of God. Psalm 119, starting at verse 9, going through verse 16. How can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping it according to your Word. With all my heart I have sought you. Do not let me stray from your commandments. Your word I have treasured in my heart 
that I may not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Yahweh. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I have recounted all the judgments of your mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. I will muse upon your precepts and look upon your ways. I shall delight in your statutes. I shall not forget your word. That's your sword. Know it well enough to be able to wield it specifically, incisively, if you want to make another play on words, pointedly to exactly the right place that it needs to be applied. These things are extremely practical. These things are down to earth. It's meant for use by normal people like you and me. If you're in Christ, wear your armor. It's the practical application of these six pieces of armor. Are you committed to truth, truthful person? Are you committed to righteousness in your behavior, even when it's uncomfortable or inconvenient to do the right thing? Are you prepared and happy to share the message of the gospel of peace? Are you a person of faith, knowing and obeying God's revelation? Do you understand the amazing grace that brought you salvation so that you live confidently in it? Are you able to handle accurately the Word of God so as to apply it to specific situations? I mentioned last week some of the silliness that people have come up with about spiritual warfare in this last generation. Spiritual warfare, your part in spiritual warfare is not to go out looking for demons to flush out and shoot them down like you would birds when you're bird hunting. Nor are you to be afraid that a demon is going to pounce on you from behind some rock. Nor are you to be afraid that, that maybe your life is actually infested with demons because of wicked things that your parents did. That's not what this war is all about. This is about you are in Christ. Your enemy hates everything to do with Christ, so you are under attack. You are not bent. You're, you're not meant to, to bind a Satan. You're not here to cast out demons. Look, at demons are real, but you're here to stand your ground, operate in your armor confidently, steadily being about your business of seeking to free the captives of the enemy so that they can too be in Christ. Take up the full armor of God, with or without a you in the word armor. This is what God has granted to you, that you might be His instrument in this world, and having done all, to stand firm. Let's pray. Father, uh, we see the assaults all around us. We hear the lies. We see the manipulations. We see our whole society just running headlong toward the end of Romans chapter 1, not only doing evil things, but demanding that everyone give hearty approval of them. The assault is on. Make us comfortable in our armor, assured of its usefulness. May our feet be shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, by which not only can we stand our ground, but we can free captives of the enemy who will come to faith in our wonderful Savior in whose name we pray. Amen. 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.